A reading from the book of Proverbs. Whoever walks in uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness breathes out lies. A scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. Fools mock at the guilt offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. The heart knows its own bitterness, and no stranger shares its joy. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy Spirit, would you come and move in our hearts, our minds, our imaginations to apply your word so your word goes deep, finds roots, and bears fruit in our lives. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, I learned the basics of orienteering, the use of a map and compass in the, the woods as a Boy Scout. But I learned the real truth of orienteering the day that the bus taking about 50 incoming Wheaton College students up into the wilderness stopped miles from the camp that we were heading to, dropped 10 of us off by the side of the road, as far as we knew, hundreds of miles from anywhere, because it was a long time since we saw the last sign of civilization in northern Wisconsin. When the bus stopped, we got off. Our leaders handed us backpacks, gave us about seven and a half minutes of instruction on how to use a map and compass, and then said, this is where you are, and this is the point that we're going to where dinner is. Now, at this point, it was only probably about two o'clock in the afternoon, and so we were supposed to have a leisurely hike about two three hours at the absolute most to get from where we were to where dinner was going to be. Well, very few of us, some of, some of the group, none, had had no background in orienteering. Map, compass, head out. Now, the job of the leaders in this program was basically to keep us alive. They were not leading us anywhere. They didn't basically help us make any decisions unless the decision was going to lead us to fall off a cliff or be eaten by bears. So short of that, we were on our own. So this two-hour leisurely hike where we were supposed to get there in time to set up camp, fix dinner, take a swim in the lake, took us about seven hours we arrived well after sundown, fixed up a quick dinner, and then crashed. Now, that was the truth of orienteering. 
It looks easy when somebody's telling you how to do it, but actually it's a lot harder than it looks. Now, over the course of the next three weeks, our little band hiked many miles through the woods of northern Wisconsin and upper, the upper peninsula of Michigan. In the process, I learned there are two basic temptations when you hike in the woods. And these temptations will get you in trouble. First, trusting in your own sense of direction. If you're in the woods with a map and compass, I learned that if you're not constantly looking at the compass, your inner sense of direction is 100% wrong all the time. Right? I mean, it's axiomatic. If you get lost in the woods and you walk, what are you going to do? You're going to walk in circles. The day that I was leading, I had the map, I had the compass, figured out what the, what the right compass point was. My job was to look at that compass point, look ahead, find a target, and walk towards it. And so it's like, okay, well, I'm just walking towards that target. And then it's like, oh, well, the next target is just, just a little ways away. And then I look at my compass and go, oh, yeah. Well, the next target, now here's the deal. If you're only 10 degrees off, when you're walking, if your target is five miles away on the map, do you know how much you miss that target by with just 10 degrees difference? Almost a mile. Now, that's not a problem if it doesn't matter where you're going, but it is a problem if that's where the food drop is. And your next five days of food for your time in the wilderness is at one particular point. You don't get two miles of somewhere in those two miles. So here's the deal. Oh, the second temptation when you get lost in the woods is not only wandering in circles, but then you find these little paths that seem to be going sort of where you want to go, right? Usually they're old logging roads, and you get there, and you're like, you know, we could go what the compass says we're supposed to go, or we could go this road where all the trees have been taken down and there's not as much underbrush and it's a whole lot easier. And so if you trust your sense of direction or you take one of these little roads, you're going to end up missing the goal. That takes us to the book of Proverbs. We are, the Proverbs talk about two paths. You can take the path that the Lord has set for you, or you can take the path that seems right to you. Trust your own sense of direction, or trust this easier path. The writer of Proverbs says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. Now this two paths picture is not new or unique to Proverbs. We see it in Deuteronomy, for example, over and over again, especially at the very end, 27 and 28, where Moses says, we're going to give you two choices. One is blessing, one is cursing. You can't get any clearer than that. Choose. Choose the path that leads to blessing. Choose the path that leads to cursing. Or Joshua, where he says to the people of Israel, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You choose the gods of the Canaanites or the Lord. Only two paths. 
Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Jesus, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. There are two ways. See? (laughs) There are two ways. Now, these paths are described in a variety of ways in the book of Proverbs. And I want us to look at three expressions of the wrong way and three expressions of the right way. First, the wrong way. The way is described at the end of our reading from Proverbs as the way that leads to death. The good way leads to blessing, leads to flourishing. A good way to see this wrong way played out is to look at these three characters that come up over and over again in the book of Proverbs. The fool, the scoffer, and the wicked man. Now this is going to be a a bit of a unique sermon in that I'm going to do what the rabbis in Jesus' day would do. Um, It's called stringing pearls. So I'm just going to take the scriptures and let the scriptures speak for themselves. So I'm going to read to you several scriptures about each of those three kinds of people. So listen to what Proverbs says about the fool. I'm going to actually start in Psalm first. Psalm 14.1, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 12, 1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. He who hates reproof is stupid. I know that's not really a nice church word, but it comes up over and over and over again in Proverbs. So I'm just quoting the Bible. You can explain that to your kids when you get home. 13, 16, Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. 14, 7 through 9. Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. Fools mock at the guilt offering. Notice that the fool has no knowledge, the fool is deceiving, and the fool has no sense of guilt or being wrong. They mock the guilt offering. 18.2, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his his opinion. Ew, ouch. You don't have to raise your hand, but just do it in your own heart. How many of you have ever rejoiced and just been excited about only expressing your opinion? Yeah, all of us are fools sometimes. And then the fools present a dilemma Here's what Proverbs says, 26, 4 and 5. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Cool. Don't ever answer a fool according to his folly. Then answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So don't answer a fool, and yes, answer a fool. That's the dilemma fools put us in. Because if you don't answer them, they assume they're right. If you do answer them, they don't listen. That's why the writer of the Proverbs says, walk away from fools. 
There's nothing you can say that's going to make a difference. They delight in sharing their own opinions, but are refuse to listen to wisdom. So the second person, the scoffer. Psalm 1.1 talks about we don't sit in the seat of scoffers. Scoffer, scoffing is presented as an attitude, um, one that leads to wickedness. Proverbs says this, nine, chapter 9, verses 7 and 8. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. We've all had that experience, right? Going up to somebody and saying, you know, what you're doing isn't really right. And instead of them saying, whoa, you're right, I should change my life, they just start berating you. Who are you to tell me what to do? Who died made you God, right? All of the, the kind of stuff that scoffers say. Chapter 21, verse 24. Scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. Now, at the essence then, a scoffer or scoffing is an attitude of arrogant cynicism. And we've all encountered it. You know what the favorite phrase of a scoffer is? Yeah, right. Right? Have you ever heard that? Anybody ever say that to you? You present to them something that actually is provably true. And the scoffer says, yeah, right. Well, what do you mean? Yeah, right. I just, I just told you what the scriptures say, or, or I just told you what science has proved. Yeah, right. That's scoffing. This arrogant cynicism that refuses to listen. And then the wicked man. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Tyler talked about good counsel last week. Good counsel doesn't come from the wicked. Wickedness is most often seen as a path that somebody walks on. Proverbs 4, 14 and 15 do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it. Just a quick side note. The way that Hebrew poetry works, um, it works in parallelism. And all of Proverbs pretty much is poetry. Um, but it, in most of Proverbs, it's um, antithetical poetry. So it says one thing and then says the opposite to reaffirm it. But, but if you want to make a big point, in Hebrew poetry, you say it three times. So listen to what the writer of the Proverbs says. He says, do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the evil. Parallel twice. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it. <laughs> it's like five times in that verse he tells you what to do. Do not go on the path of the wicked. Right? Um, it, if, you're a, if you're a Jew and you're reading this and Hebrew's your heart language, it's as if the writer to the Proverbs takes out a bat and hits you in the head and says, notice this, <laughs> right? Yeah. Impassioned plea, do not enter the path of the wicked. And then 6, 12 through 14, a worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech, 
winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger, with perverted heart devises evil, continually sowing discord. The idea here is that with the winking and the feet and all of that, that the wicked person isn't necessarily the person that stands up and says, I'm going to do wicked things. Who wants to come with me? Oftentimes there's scheming behind the winking of eyes, the pointing of fingers, these plots and plans behind the scenes to do things that are evil. And then it ends with this, continually sowing discord. Can anybody say Twitter? The wicked person sows discord. The wicked person is like the fool and the scoffer, not interested in truth, not interested in anything but their own opinions. And therefore, if you don't buy their opinions, they scoff at you and they want to set up discord around them. That's the wicked person. So we have the fool, we have the scoffer, we have the wicked person. Now, in contrast to this wrong way that leads to destruction, the right way is the way of wisdom that leads to righteousness and blessing. So here's what the writer of the Proverbs says about wisdom. Proverbs 1, 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord, or as Tyler called it last week, this heart of integrity, this desire to do whatever the Lord commands us to do, is at the heart of wisdom. Proverbs 9, 9 and 10. Give instruction to a wise man, and he'll be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, he'll increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So the antidote to foolishness and scoffing and wickedness starts with the fear of the Lord, which all three refuse. 12.1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. 15.2, the tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. 17.10, a rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. If you rebuke a wise man, a wise woman, what happens is their hearts are stirred. They're led to repentance. They change their lives. Fools and scoffers and the wicked refuse it. Righteousness then. Listen to what the writer of the Proverbs says. This is a little bit longer passage. Proverbs 2, 1 through 15. It says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, Come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the ways of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Discernment, as Tyler talked about last time, last week. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil for men of perverted speech. 
wisdom leads into righteousness, leads into justice and equity, leads into discernment, all of those things. Four eleven. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I've led you in the paths of uprightness. Wisdom leads automatically into a way of life that's right before God, that God says yes to. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. 13.5, the righteous hates falsehood, but the wicked brings shame and disgrace. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless, but sin overthrows the wicked. And so wisdom leads into this path of righteousness, and this path of righteousness then leads to blessing and flourishing. Proverbs 1, 32 and 33. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me, that is wisdom, will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. If you live in wisdom, you can live at ease. 3, 5 and 8. Five through eight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will bring healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. 4, 20 to 22. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. eighteen nineteen. the path of the upright is a level highway. All right, that's a lot of pearls all at once. It's a lot of scripture. What do we do with it? Here's the gist. The book of Proverbs presents two paths. One path starts with the rejection of the fear of the Lord and of wisdom. We come to this fork in the road and the fools and the scoffers and the wicked take the easy path. They trust their own sense of direction. They walk down the logging roads and it leads to death. Except for the inbreaking of the grace of God, this path leads to destruction. Oftentimes temporal destruction, but always eternal destruction. If you reject the knowledge of the Lord, if you reject the fear of the Lord, you end up in eternal destruction. The other path starts with the fear of the Lord and leads to wisdom and righteousness and thriving. So therefore, one, don't be stupid. Or more appropriately for church, I guess, don't be a fool. Embrace the fear of the Lord. At the very least, this means recognizing that the Lord is God and you're not. It means developing a heart of integrity, as Tyler talked about, that wants what God wants. I had a friend who, re- who is a retired admiral. was He died a number of years ago. He was a retired admiral. And he told the story of how he came to Christ and in his early days of, of kind of growing in faith and stuff, he was praying one day. And admirals all have um, a, an aide-de-camp, um, somebody who is like their, it's actually their left-hand man, um, but who walks with them 
two, one step over and two steps back. And so the admiral's aide-de-camp is always like right there. And if the admiral is walking someplace, talking to somebody, and pauses, the aide-de-camp runs up. The admiral tells the aide-de-camp what to do, and the aide-de-camp runs off and gets it done. All right. So this retired admiral friend of mine was in prayer one day, and he's talking to Jesus, and he's kind of giving Jesus some orders, um, and like we do in prayer, right? You know, Lord, heal so-and-so, do this, do this, do this, do this. We kind of tell God what to do. And he just paused. And this picture came to his mind that he thought he was the admiral and that Jesus was his aide de camp. And he, he was just ordering Jesus around. And then it just like crashed into his heart and soul. He's, and he said, I'm not the admiral. Jesus is. I need to switch places. Jesus needs to take this place of giving instruction. And I need to take this place of taking instruction. That's the path of wisdom. The fear of the Lord, understanding who's who, leaning not on your own understanding, but listening to what the Lord is saying. So number two, if you sense that you've been stupid, stop walking in circles. One of the most important pieces of equipment for wilderness adventuring is what do you think? A whistle. Oftentimes it's like this little tiny plastic, you know, 37 cent whistle from wherever, but you buy in hundreds, put it around your neck. If you get lost, then you stop. You stay where you are and you blow the whistle. If you're sensing that maybe you've been stupid, stupid in a relationship, stupid in your relationship with the Lord, stop. Stop. If you're leaning on your own understanding, you are going to walk in circles forever. Stop. Blow the whistle. Pray that God will give you wisdom, which he's already promised to do if you ask. If any of you lack wisdom, ask from the Lord, and he'll give it to you without berating you, James says. Stop. Ask for wisdom. Seek good counsel as Tyler talked about last week. And then finally, get back on the path of wisdom, practicing routine obedience, again, from Tyler's sermon. Adjust your thinking. You might have to backtrack a bit. You might have to seek forgiveness from people that you've offended, sinned against. You might have to make amends. Whatever you need to do to get back on the path of wisdom will be worth it. Choose. Choose the path of wisdom. Please pray with me. Holy Spirit, would you come and work in our hearts? Show us the places that we're being stupid. Give us grace to stop, to ask forgiveness, and to re-enter the path of wisdom that you want to set us on. So come, Holy Spirit, do your work. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.